Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, before we get into the show that we're talking about today, I just wanted to tell all of the listeners that I know you've heard me talk about Yellowstone <laughs> many times, but mm-hmm. I just watched the Yellowstone prequel, or I'm in, in the middle of it right now, 1883. I had no expectations. I honestly, the only expectation I maybe had was that I was not going to like it. And it is one of the best series I've seen in a very long time. Hmm. Like, it may be as good as True Detective season one for me, which is what I rank as like the best of the best. It is so unbelievably good. It is not so opera-y at all, which I think Yellowstone veers into. And what I appreciate about it so much is that I feel like it's a very, very fresh take on like the Oregon Trail and kind of pioneer story. Mm -hmm. They really focus on the fact that a lot of the people who were on the Oregon Trail were recent American immigrants. So there's Mm -hmm. like a lot of Germans, some like gypsies, they call them in the show. I know they're Romani now, is what we say. I'm not sure what the currently acceptable name for that group of people is, but um, <laughs> yes, it's it's not gypsies anymore. <laughs> no. So they're like focusing on that, which is something I have never really seen done before and is also something I've never really thought about before, but probably mm-hmm. is true. And so yeah. it feels very relevant to today and like, the immigration stories that we hear today and like just realizing that our country has been totally shaped by the immigrants that have come to it. So I appreciate that they're focusing on that. And I also like that there are a lot of super strong female characters and that they're kind of highlighting that this was the first time maybe ever in American history where women really had a chance to get outside of their home like and do sort of more masculine tasks, mainly just because Mm. they had to, because there Mm -hmm. weren't enough people around. So like you see women for the first time kind of branching out and like doing things a little differently out of necessity, but sort of feels like maybe it's the beginning of that that then continues on through like, you know, World War II and World War I when all the men were gone and the women had to step up. So it's super cool. It's really good. And it's just absolutely beautiful. All the acting is great. I was shocked at Tim McGraw and Faith Hill being Hmm. just remarkably good. Wow. (laughs) So yeah, I would highly recommend anyone to watch it. Even if you don't think you like Westerns, it's definitely not like a traditional Western and mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely better than that. So does it help to have context from Yellowstone? Like if, can you still appreciate it as much if you have not seen any of Yellowstone? Do you think? I think you can because it's really so many years in the past that it's mm-hmm. not like there's a direct line. Like it's, I think the main character would be like the great, great aunt of the father in Yellowstone. So it's not like okay. anyone he ever directly interacted with. Mm-hmm. There are a few like little Easter eggs that if you've seen Yellowstone, like you'll see the beginnings of maybe some famous family traditions and stuff that are still kept through like the modern times of Yellowstone 
and you Mm -hmm. see like them being born in this show but like you would still enjoy those moments even if you didn't like have the larger context of the fact that like they have carried on throughout the generations so right interesting and it's a mini series Uh, (laughs) i've like just cried the last night just knowing that it's gonna end like it's Uh, so good Well, I mean, we've talked about how much Yellowstone Universe content is supposed to be coming, so you'll just have to wait for the next one. Exactly. But not what we're talking about today. No, it is not. But you know what 1883 has in common with what we are talking about today? No. Both are television shows. Oh my gosh, you are so right, Cody. I, I don't know how I drew that parallel, but it just, I had this realization that, yeah. You know both... I love a good segue. Uh-huh. You love a good television <laughs> show, too. I do. Mm-hmm. So we're doing something a little different today and focusing on a TV series that we both really enjoyed and kind mm-hmm. of diving a little deeper than we normally would in a minisode on that series, but, you know, not as much as we would for a main episode. We are covering one of the, I would say, it's a, a very influential TV show in its own weird way. Yeah, I agree. But it it doesn't quite justify, like, having a full episode about it because it didn't have as much of an impact on the world it just i don't know it feels a very unique place i think in the television landscape and tv history even so the show that we are talking about today is community I mean, it's a mini-sode, so we probably didn't have to hum the theme song, but I but... I just wanted to. It's been a long time since I've hummed a theme song, because we haven't recorded mm-hmm. a main episode in a little while, so... And the last two main episodes we recorded didn't really have a theme song, so it's oh, been Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I like the community theme song a lot, and I love the little animation that accompanies it, the fortune mm-hmm. teller thing. The I cutie think catcher, is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's perfect for what mm-hmm. the show is. It is, yes. So I feel like I'm hoping most of the people listening know what it's about, but if you don't know what it's about, Community is a half an hour comedy series that ran on NBC, I don't know, like mid-2000s. It was 2009 to 2014 for the first five seasons of the show. And then NBC canceled it because it was always, it was a very low rated show. Let's not dance around that. Not a lot of people were watching it, but uh, NBC was, you know, always, you know, hemming and hawing about whether to cancel it. Mm -hmm. After five seasons, they finally did cancel it, but then it got picked up by Yahoo Screen for its sixth season. Yahoo was trying to stay in business and thought that it could launch a streaming service to, you know, improve its fortunes. Mm -hmm. And why they thought that would work... I don't know. ...is a big (laughs) mystery. But anyway, they picked up Community for a 13-episode sixth and what turned out to be final season because Mm -hmm. it cost them so much to produce that (laughs) final season of Community that they basically bankrupted themselves. (laughs) So... It's kind of 
perfect, though, because one of the running jokes in Community was always six seasons in a movie. So they got their six seasons, still no movie, but I still would not rule out a movie. Absolutely not. They did like a table read during COVID and all of the people who participated in that, including Donald Glover, said that they would come back and do a movie if it ever like worked out for everyone's schedules. Yeah. Community takes place at Greendale Community College. It focuses on a group of seven, which is a lot after I started thinking about it, seven main characters who are part of a Spanish study group. And then it sort of goes from there over the years. I think they pick a different course with each other, like each year. Mm -hmm. And everyone is vastly different in this group. And I don't know if we really have to break down all of the characters, but that's the gist of it. And then there's the other oddities of the community college campus, the dean, their professors, different things like that. And pretty much each episode focuses on one course that they're taking at the community college, or at least is titled for a course at the community college. But, you know, it's also hard to say that community is a show about a community college study group. Because (laughs) it is about so many more things than that. I would safely call community the most meta TV show that I have ever seen. The series basically is a commentary on all media in some form Mm -hmm. like it is constantly dissecting genre and um you know perceptions of things that we see on tv and why you know television or movies or you know whatever kind of media make us feel the way that we feel and you know what we see on tv is not necessarily what we see in real life but Mm -hmm. there are just all of these ideas tied into the show and most of the show is not like about that stuff on the surface. It's all done in a way that it's the show is making commentary on these pieces of media without necessarily coming right out and saying that that's, you know, making these bold, dramatic statements plainly in front of your face. It's more of like a viewer who is looking for that kind of thing can piece those ideas together. Right. But it's not, like, force-feeding you those ideas most of the time. Community, to me in so many ways has like reminds me of Buffy like I feel like there's a lot of similarities between the two and I'll explain more over time but one of the ways in which I think that there's some similarities is that Buffy was a super studied tv show at the Mm -hmm. academic level and I think community has had a little bit of that as well I was reading today that people who study semiotics I think is how you say it which is the study of signs and symbols analyze community a lot and I think it's for the same reason that you just said which is all of the meta references and that like something on the screen in community is often just a symbol for something else whether it's another piece of art or media or just an idea or like an allegory or something like that so it's like it's similar to linguistics but it's based more in like the visual realm so I thought that was really cool and just like an interesting tidbit and it does fit and it also another thing I saw when I was briefly reading about it today is that Dan Harmon's writing style is a little bit different than like the traditional story arc structure he has Mm -hmm. a circle did you see this I had heard that like heard him talk about it before in interviews and things um where like it doesn't I don't 
feel like it results in like a different approach to like a script. Like if you watch an episode of Community, it feels very much like any other sitcom mm-hmm. structure. But just the um, I, I think that like the way he describes it, it results in a more well-rounded, complete story happening in each episode that also lends itself to larger character journeys and appreciation of characters over time and things like that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the way it seemed to me is that the thing that they're always keeping in mind, like, or that he's keeping in mind when writing these episodes is, like, the internal journey of the character, which I do think, especially in, like, the sitcom world or, like, half-an-hour comedy world, can sometimes be less important on Mm -hmm. some shows. (laughs) And with Community, it really does feel like that's always at the forefront. And that is another way in which it does remind me of Buffy, because they're always taking these internal things and and manifesting them within, like, the world of demons and vampires and everything. But I'll stop talking about Buffy now, because I feel like I do it way too much. Uh, um, Buffy, like Community, is a cult show, not to bring it back up a lot, but <laughs> it's a show that uh, I think has maintained such a strong and avid fan base over so long. And I would say Community probably even more so than Buffy, just because so few people were watching Community when it was on, I think has grown in popularity. It's still not at the level of something like, you know... The Office, which got way more popular after it aired. But I think, like, being on streaming services has helped it immensely to find a bigger audience than it ever had whenever it was on. And it, like I said earlier, it has made an impact in television, I think, that it probably does not get enough credit for. Being a sitcom, it stayed true to that sitcom format, but it played with genre so much. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, for being a network television sitcom it blurred the lines so often of what it was trying to do and you know it took approaches took chances on things that nobody else had ever taken on a sitcom and just you know it expanded the idea of what was possible for a tv show to do while still being so confined to its 21 minute episodes every week you know 22 episodes a season or whatever it is so you know i think it really just expanded the idea of what television could be and you know when community was on late 2000s early early teens that's when these streaming services were really starting to kick off you know you had netflix starting original content in 2013 and that's really when the barriers were broken for what Mm -hmm. tv could be you know they're you didn't have to think outside the box like the box could be destroyed if you wanted it to be and community was a show that i think was constantly trying to destroy the box and it i i think it sort of set the template for a lot of the shows that came on during the early streaming boom that surprised people and sort of shattered expectations for what tv was supposed to be definitely i think what is especially remarkable to me about Community is that it will do these super high concept episodes where they are doing a paintball war or they have like the chicken fingers episode where they it's like the neo-noir crime kind of genre and they have like even like horror elements in some of their Halloween episodes like they 
do like documentary style. They do all of these different things. And I feel like it would be so easy, especially in those early seasons when it was having like 23 episodes, Mm -hmm. 20 to 23 episodes, like it would be so easy for it to lose itself and not like establish its core feeling, I guess, or its core style because it's hopping around and doing so much. But I never feel like Community does that. Like every episode of Community, no matter how outlandish, no matter how influenced the episode is by something else, always stays very true to its style of humor. Mm -hmm. And it stays very true to its characters in a way that is so satisfying and not always something that's easy to accomplish when you are trying to do so much i think but it always does so well i would hold off on using the word always there just because the fourth season where nbc fired dan Harmon and a couple of the writers uh, from the first three seasons left the fourth season let's be honest is not good <laughs> but we don't talk about the fourth season <laughs> the nbc realized they made a mistake after that season and they hired dan Harmon back for the fifth season so yeah if you're going to go watch community if you never have before you don't really need to watch the fourth season it's probably fine to just stick with one through three and then five and i don't know if six is available on like uh, sure. i think it's on like hulu and maybe Netflix now, I'm not sure where it is, but, like, I don't know if those services would have bought the sixth season from Yahoo or not. I'm sure Yahoo will merge with something eventually. (laughs) Probably. Also, one thing to note, if you have not watched Community and are going to go find it on the streaming service now, you will unfortunately not find what I would consider to be probably the best episode of Community and a landmark episode called Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Why was that taken off again? So it was pulled in June 2020 when all the streaming services were, you know, pulling all of their problematic content from older shows because the character of Senor Chang, played by Ken Jeong, was appearing in the episode in a costume of a dark elf and this character's makeup was like dark black okay so it resembled blackface he was not you know portraying a black person you know it so there was some character (laughs) right yes he was a mythical being whose skin was dark black and he was not trying to portray someone of another race so just know that that episode uh, will not be available to you, but if you have it on DVD like I do... And I do. Yes, um, then you still should watch it. I wish that they had just, like, cut out that one minute of the episode that Chang is in, because it makes no impact on the rest of the episode. Like, he's barely no. in it. It's a funny <laughs> sight gag whenever you see it, right. but it's not, like, the rest of the episode would make total sense without it, so... I guess, like, looking back, like, they could have just picked, like, dark blue or, like, a purple or something like that, like another color, but I'm sure it was just, I'm, I feel certain in my gut that it was like, what do we have on hand in like the makeup trailer that would work for this? And like, they just did it without probably thinking about how it might come across, but. Yeah, it's like depictions of dark elves in, you know, other media have typically been with them with black, black skin. Anyway. (laughs) I think another thing that is 
special about Community is just how many like breakout stars it has had. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's taking it a step too far, but Donald Glover was on the show, Childish Gambino. He's now got Atlanta and has had a really successful music career. And was in The Lion King. The Lion King. Let's not forget that. Alison Brie went on to be in Glow and a mm-hmm. bunch of other things. Gillian Jacobs. Had a Netflix series like Ken Jong. The mm-hmm. Dean has an Oscar Right, Jim Rash. He won an Oscar for co-writing The Descendants. They won for Best Adapted Screenplay. And, like, no one really knew that he was, like, a screenwriter when he was on the show. Like, that was, I think, probably after the second season of the show that was the year that The Descendants won. And, like, no one knew that that was him, you know, (laughs) that this weird, wacky side character on Community was played by now an Oscar-winning screenwriter. And I guess Dan Harmon, Rick and Morty. Right, yes. Which is uh, everyone's favorite show to love to hate now, I think. But Oh, really? I think so. I think it, like, reached such, like, mass saturation with, like, merchandise and I'll pickle Rick or whatever that, like, it's now, like, teetered over. Like, if we were playing that game Wavelength where there's, like, a <laughs> dial, it would okay. be just slightly over the middle of loved versus hated. Um, mm. That pro- That's not really a good descriptor for a an audio-only <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Go um, look up the game Wavelength and you yeah, might you'll see get what it. we mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's not forget about Joel McHale, now the host of the Card Sharks reboot. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> He's done two seasons as host of Card Sharks. How are you not familiar with this? I don't know because I love Joel McHale so much. Mm-hmm. Joel McHale always seems like he's having a bad time hosting card sharks like he really seems like he does not want to be there (laughs) and he maybe he doesn't maybe it's just a money gig for him but he's an interesting guy in that like he's like a little bit too talented to just be a host but he's like not quite a good enough actor to fully be an actor i feel i don't know if that's mean but he's it is a little mean Uh and i still love him like i would watch him in anything but i just Mm -hmm. feel like i don't know maybe he's like kind of a hard person to cast too i I don't know i will say about joel McHale. i was reading an article one time or maybe more like a listicle or something of a like a pa from rupaul's drag race like someone who is like spilling some behind the scenes secrets of the show she said she was asked one time which celebrity guest judge she thought was like surprised her and she said when joel McHale was on he was the loveliest human being that she had like ever met on that set like she said he was just like so courteous and polite and friendly and like just engaged with people in a really fun and authentic way and like she just was not expecting that from him because like he doesn't really come across that way i guess in a lot of his projects but that i thought was really nice to hear that he's apparently actually a nice person in real life (laughs) it is i that makes me really happy to think about Mm -hmm. (laughs) i had a question for you about community and i don't know if you're going to be able to answer it because i don't know if i can answer it but we picked it to talk about today partly because it's not influential enough to warrant a main episode. But I wanted to ask you, what do you think 
could have been different about community that would have made it more influential or made it have a bigger impact or like what what is missing about it maybe that doesn't take it from you know the level that it's at to like a higher level of like one of the shows that we would talk about in a main episode for me it's not about what's missing from it as much as what is there which is a lot of weird stuff that alienates some (laughs) people (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. it's just the kind of show that like i said before was so willing to take chances and take big swings like changing up what it was doing every single week and you still had it confined to that sitcom format of course but one week you were doing a Law and Order episode, and the next mm-hmm. week you were doing a, a show where you know one character sells his life to Subway, and then the next week you have an app come to be tested on campus, and like it devolves, and like these people are trying to like have personal ratings be as high as possible, or they get demoted to like the lower classes of society and like you have a basically a caste system that has developed based on personal interactions with one another and then the next week you have a std fair it's constantly doing something totally different and that can be jarring for a casual audience and you know if you only catch one episode here or there and you see an episode where it's a documentary about a pillow and pillow fort versus blanket town war like if you're coming into that cold and you have no context like you're going to say what is this show (laughs) like and do i like this this ken burns style documentary about a pillow (laughs) fort so i think the show had the potential to you know really make a uh a bigger impact on society if it hadn't been so intent on being whatever it wanted to be, I guess. If it had sort of hemmed itself in a little bit more to stay tailored to that, you know, typical format and just be, like, a normal show, it could have had a broader reach, but it also wouldn't have been as entertaining. And it would not have gotten such devotion from the fans that it had because that cult following is real. And, like, I saw somewhere that Hulu had done, like, back in the early 2000s when the show was on they did like a best in show contest that was like a march madness style bracket i guess where people would vote like they would you know pit shows against each other and people would vote on which one they wanted and you know the winner would advance down through the ranks and everything and community even for as tiny as its audience was it won best in show like i think at least twice beating out like game of thrones and the walking dead and (laughs) like these shows that actually had huge ratings and it's because its fan base was so engaged and so perpetually fighting for it like every year when it was on the bubble of cancellation fans were rallying like crazy online and trying to get the word out about this show that nbc was not really interested in promoting because it just wasn't making them enough money. But part of the reason it did not get the attention it deserved was because it was, I think, just a little bit hard to market to people. Yeah. Like it, like I said, it's hard to define it as just a show about a community college study group because it is so much more than that. And I think it's hard to explain to people what the show 
it actually is, and that was the its problem when it was on, and nowadays if you just like sit down and stream it, you might get it a little bit more, but in the time when it was on, it wasn't as possible to do that. So yeah. I don't know. That was a long and meandering answer to your question, I think. But no, I think I think you're definitely on to something. It reminds me of something we were talking about in an upcoming episode, the casual versus engaged viewer. Like mm-hmm. to watch community and truly appreciate it and not just want to change the channel. I think you have to be a pretty engaged, pretty like literate person. It's kind of the same way that you talk about 30 Rock, where like there are so many references mm-hmm. that if you're not getting those and like the casual viewer probably isn't, you're not enjoying it because the fun is getting all the references and getting like even the self-referential things, which you again wouldn't get if you only watched one episode here or there. Mm-hmm. It also, as you were talking, made me think about Scrubs, which I feel like had a very similar problem. I feel like Scrubs was always kind of like middle of the road in the ratings, like never as doing as well as the network wanted it to and i think part of its problem is the same problem community had which is that it was just kind of going a little bit out of the box in a way that would be off-putting to people who just want to put on like a half an hour comedy and watch it Mm -hmm. i don't know i give dan Harmon a lot of props for for fighting for the show that he wanted which I feel like he did Mm -hmm. and I know he can be a bit of a nightmare in terms of (laughs) rewriting scripts down to the wire like minutes before doing scenes and stuff like that but I mean the product that he created stands up I I just rewatched like a season and a half of Community just a few months ago and like it felt fresh still to me mm-hmm. watching it like it felt like something that could be on TV today change a few of the references here and there to like modernize it but it doesn't feel outdated at all it feels very strong in what it is Yeah I would say that the second season of Community is easily one of my top five seasons like complete seasons Mm -hmm. of a television show ever like there's every single episode just slaps as the kid kids (laughs) would say it just like there's not a bad episode anywhere in the bunch like everything is so so funny and so consistent and you see you know character growth happening Mm -hmm. you know over time but then it's also like so original like just the things that they were doing on that show were just unlike anything else that you'd seen on television before. I would say in that same vein, Community has one of my top five favorite episodes of all time, which is Remedial Chaos Theory. A classic, yes. A classic, but yeah, just a solid show. Now now I just want to go watch Community. I know, I do too. (laughs) Well, maybe we should go do that and we should let our listeners do the same. Yes, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I did have a few people tell me that they would listen if I did an episode about community. So you MFers better be listening. (laughs) They better not have been lying. (laughs) Yes, I did this for you. (laughs) Uh, Well, not just for them. Not just for you, no. But, you know, all of you. Right. All of our listeners, we appreciate every last one of you. Uh, And if you appreciate us, then why don't you go follow us on Instagram if you don't already, at Televisionary Podcast. You can also find us on the 
the TikTok. Why did I not <laughs> remember what it was called for a second? Yes, TikTok at Televisionary Pod. Yep. I've been posting pretty regularly over there, and I have some fun stuff planned if I ever get around to doing it. So tune in on our TikTok. Yes, please do. All right. I have been Elena Hillard. And I have been Cody Hoffman. Thank you so much for listening once again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye.